later on this episode. We use the sport to create exposure for our kids because, yeah, I love to play basketball, but there's so much other stuff that I'm interested in in life. And you know what? What is that? And what can I do to help you fulfill your dreams and your goal through basketball? Yeah. That's what DCLE is about. Hey, so I um I was thinking about today and the fact that I've heard many people say the first of anything, the first of anything is really significant. <laughs> and so, you know, we've done, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 uh, uh, podcast episodes. You know, I don't even know what a podcast is. Right. I just know that we're having great conversations with great people doing great things. And my man, Chad Miles, sets it up. And then finally, we get my guy, DC Senior, to agree to having a conversation. And everybody's like, hey, Let's do our first one in person. Yes. And I'm like, well, that, that's that's the shit that happens when you launch a podcast in the middle of a <laughs> pandemic, right? None of them have been in person. So the first yes. conversation, the first great conversation that at the podium with Manuel Mesk was about to have. Yes, sir. Is with Derek Coleman Sr. And so DC, dude, you know, I love you. I mean, I love your family. And so welcome. Be first. Always yeah. be first, Manny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I mean that that okay. So so let let's agree, right? So uh, you were the first of many things. Yes, but we're coming from mobile. Mobile, 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 yes. Alabama, yes. coming to the great city of Detroit, mm -hmm. the place I call home now with my yes. beautiful wife and children, no Samantha doubt. and Avatlas. Yes. Um, and then, and then you go to the league. Uh, you go to Syracuse. Yeah, don't skip the you go to Syracuse. Don't ever skip the That's right. I'm sorry about that. You don't go to Syracuse, yes. uh, and then you go to the league, and then you come back to Detroit, and you wrap up. Uh, one of still one of the most impressive careers uh, in professional sports. You wrap it up in your hometown. Yes. And that had to that had to be very special. What well, was special for me? Uh, I would say the bad thing was is not really getting the opportunity to play um, the game of basketball. Uh, my 15th year in the NBA, I was probably going to play maybe two or three more years, you know, in the NBA. And, and believe me, I could have sat there for another five if I chose to. Yeah. But not being able to play the game of basketball would eat at me more than anything. Yeah. You know, not to be able to compete, to get on the court and talk trash, you know. So coming back home, it was great for me. An opportunity, the first time I ever had the opportunity to be on a winning team. And then, you know, we get to the trade deadline and um, I get waived. And I had the opportunity to go play for uh, probably three, four other, other teams. But it frustrated me so much. It's the first time in my life that basketball ever really got to me. Yeah. You know, I've always been the advocate for my teammates and standing up for people and the politics that everybody else doesn't see behind the game of basketball. If it was just about basketball, it would be great. It's all the stuff that you guys don't see and don't know that really frustrates us about the game of basketball and playing. So it frustrated me so much that I'm like, you know what? It's time for me to go. Well, and you know what, and and, and uh, so first and foremost, you know, thank you 
Thank for you what? for being the first. Oh. Thank you for being the first. <laughs> well, you're welcome. That, yeah. Thank you for being the first that comes into the beautiful facility yes. on floor 31 of the town center in Southfield, Michigan. And yes, Southfield, Michigan. Um, but Great view, by the way. Yeah, it is. Beautiful view. <laughs> but I, w- I was thinking about, I, w- I was thinking about when you said the word advocate. Mm-hmm. And as you know, Samantha and I have uh, consistently spoken about the significance of people just taking some time to seek to understand others and serve as a true advocate. Yes. And so I want to, you know, I want to make sure that I take a step back and I remind folks, like, look, Derek Coleman Sr., a uh, 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 well-recognized speaker now, a yes. uh, 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 recognized philanthropist, a community activist, yes. a serial entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and that's all in addition to a 15-year career in the league. Yes. And so I want to make sure that we don't get into a conversation for 45 minutes where we disrespect and disregard the significance that while you may impact and influence millions mm-hmm. through the sport, uh, you're impacting thousands, hundreds of thousands and millions through the life you have today. And so I want to respect that. I want to make sure that I say thank you for being an incredible advocate in the great city of Detroit. And so let's pivot very quickly, just for a second, Mm -hmm. to where this all started. Oh man! Right. I mean, to me, <laughs> when I hear your childhood story, when I hear what it what the come up looked like, yes. when I hear about the choice to go to Syracuse, the experience there, the way that changed your life, yes. that's so inspiring to me. Take us down that lane. Well, I mean, have have you seen the Colin Kaepernick story? I we Samantha On and Netflix. I watched it with Ava and Atlas. The that. full thing as soon as it was released, yes. and I'm going to tell you that. Um, I mean, it was it, it it was so deep and so meaningful. What it did, it took me right back to my childhood of growing up in Mobile, Alabama. People don't know that basketball really is my third sport. I grew up playing baseball and football my whole life. I've never even played organized basketball until I actually moved to Detroit. At at, at 12, 13 years old. Yeah. I grew up playing baseball, football. My grandmother loved the Dodgers, you know, Jackie Robinson. Everybody does. Yes, exactly. So I grew up. I mean, I used to walk by Hank Aaron's house as a kid because he's from Mobile, Alabama, actually Plateau, Alabama. And he'd be like, yo, Hank Aaron stays there, you know. So we would knock on the door, you know, his parents' house and run, you know, as kids. You know what I'm saying? So basketball is really my third sport. The thing is, I just kept growing. You know, I always had a hoop in my backyard, yeah. you know, dirt court. So we used to go and wet the court down so the dirt wouldn't fly, you know, everywhere. And we would play against all my friends in the neighborhood who had basketball courts in, in their backyard. And I used to come to Detroit every summer because my mom was always here. You know, I would stay for the summer and it yeah. was time for me to go back to school. My grandmother would be like, hey, send my baby back home. You know, but as again, I kept growing and. Needed a change. I think my grandmother knew that, you know what I'm saying, in, in me. And um, I moved to Detroit when I was 13 and had the opportunity to uh, – I actually went to Cooley High School oh, in, in the ninth grade. Yeah. Yes, I stayed yeah. on, on Finkel and Fourier, right? 
at the corner of Finkelman Foyer in an apartment building right next to the liquor store to this day. So whenever I'm feeling down, Manny, <laughs> I drive by there to see my humble beginnings. Yeah. I take my kids from DC Elite from my program with basketball. I say, guys, let me show you something. They're like, Coach, why are you pulling up in front of this abandoned apartment building? I said, this is where I used to live at. Mm-hmm. You know, my first mm-hmm. AAU coach, uh, Mr. Blankenship, like Joe and Joe and Tony Blankenship's father, who I still see to this day, mm-hmm. he was my first coach mm-hmm. when I moved here and learned how to play the game of basketball. So mm-hmm. I, I go to Cooley, and we're staying on Finkel and Fourier, and um, my mom wound up moving back to the neighborhood, which is 12th Street, Rosa Parks, and Hazelwood. It's where all my family lives mm-hmm. at. So I transfer schools, and I go to Northern High School, all my cousins and everybody go to school that 10th grade, coming off the bench, you know, playing a little bit, you know. But again, being in the gym, just continuing working every day, on basketball, you know, still had my love for baseball and football. Even in high school, my coach didn't want me to play, you know, football. And I was like, no, you're going to get hurt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, you get hurt getting out of bed in the morning, coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up doing this mm-hmm. and wind up playing and uh, becoming a McDonald's All-American. Mm-hmm. And then the game is hosted in Detroit. Cobo Hall, right downtown. Um, then, but... Trust me, back then I figured out too early on the politics of sports. Yeah, tell us about yeah. that. Tell us so about that. So I'm, I'm a McDonald's All-American. I'm at home. I'm in Detroit. They give me my jersey as number 43. They gave Nick Anderson number 44 because me and him both were 44. But I'm like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm at home and you're not going to give me 44. So... All this stuff is registering in my mind at the time. You know, I'm like, okay, y'all going to give me 43 in a McDonald's All-American game. I'm at home in Detroit. Y'all got J.R. Reed and and Terry Mills as the number one and two players in the country. Okay, it's time for me to show you who's the best player in the country. And it's the first time in, I would say, Michigan's history that we had three McDonald's All-Americans on one team. Myself, Terry Mills, and Anthony Pendleton, who was from Flint, Michigan. Yes. Yes. So we put on the show. Yeah. You know, we at home. We we put on the show. We're winning the game. They take us out the game. Right? We go back in the game. We tie the game up. I actually tied the game up to make the two free throws, and they sub me and take me out the game. We wind up losing the game. J.R. Reed wins. MVP. My high school coach went crazy. He went. He went from there. They had to escort him out of the facility. Like, I dare you take Derek no matter the game. But then I understand, you know, the politics behind sports. So I've always followed that in my mind, you know, because I'm like, okay, I'm going to see you again. Yeah. And it's so crazy with sports that you really become lifelong friends, playing with and against each other all your life. So when you look at a guy like J.R. Reed. He goes to North Carolina. I go yes. to Syracuse. Yes. We beat North Carolina to go, oh, I'm, no, let me go back. Let me pivot. So that summer is the 19 and under AAU down in Jacksonville, Florida. So it's Team Michigan against Team Virginia. J.R. Reed, uh, Alonzo Mourning. Oh, yes. Oh, so, yeah. okay, okay. Wow. I see you again. Yeah. We beat them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we go to college. So, Final four to go to the front, final, Elite Eight. So we're going to Elite Eight to go to the Final Four. 
is Syracuse versus North Carolina. So when we're in our team meetings before the game, when coach is explaining everything on the board and everything, I said, nah, coach, I got him. Because this is personal with me. Yeah. So we wind up beating J.R. Reed, Kenny Smith, um, Joe Wolf, team. Joe yeah, Popson. Yeah, we, they had an incredible team. incredible team. We wind up beating them to go to the fi- Final Four. Yeah. So talk to, talk to us about um, you, you end up at Syracuse. What do you think is the most significant thing mm. or moment or discussion that occurred that gave you the confidence, hey, I'm going to wear orange, I'm going to bleed orange for the rest <laughs> of my life? What was that? It was day B. Yeah, so, tell, tell us more about Mr. Bing. So I, I met Dave Bing when I was 13 years old when I moved to Detroit. My high school coach, Harry Harrison, knew Dave. Yeah. And at the time, it was hard for me to find shoes. So he introduced me to Dave. He was like, hey, man, we got to help this kid. Yeah. He was 13. You know, he's wearing a 13, 14. He's wearing a 14, 15, yeah. wearing a 15. Yeah. So me and Dave became like father. And da- Dave has no sons. Yeah. So he has daughters. So I yeah, tease his daughters that. about that all the time. Like, I'm the surrogate, you know, yeah. son with him. But Dave used to send me to basketball camp to Syracuse every summer because him and Coach Beheim were roommates and played together at Syracuse. Huh. So he was setting me up at the time. <laughs> I just didn't realize it at 13 to well, 14 years well, old. <laughs> well, if you, if you really think about that, like, hey, uh, I mean, I just had this conversation with my uh, my partner, Paul Davis, who yes. you know and you're friends with, yes. right? I mean, you know, Mr. Basketball State of Michigan goes to play at MSU, drafted by the Clippers second round, has a good long career. Mm-hmm. And, and, and literally, Paul and I were just talking about the fact that Samantha's in California right now. Mm-hmm. And 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 so with Samantha being in California and us going to the basketball game, we're going to the Pistons game tonight. Yes. I'm like, hey man, I might get caught up for like 15 minutes, and you know that I trust no one with my children. <laughs> right. And exactly. Atlas, yes. Right? Yes. I definitely. said there's like three of you yes. on the planet in the state of Michigan that yes. I would ever trust with Ava and Atlas for ten or fifteen minutes mm-hmm. while I'm away. Yes. I said, can you handle this for me, right? And so when you say that story about Mr. Bing yes. and Coach Beheim, you know, I just think about like how much goodness there is in that mm-hmm. because Very what much. Mr. Bing was doing for you at that time was doing what we do for our children as parents, which is we would never. Yes. We would never leave the greatest thing in our life. With just anybody. With anyone. Never. Right? right. Yeah. And so that's so special. Like when you tell that story, I was yes. thinking about that, right? Like, you know, Mr. <laughs> Bing didn't have boys. I knew that because you had shared that before. Yes. And and whether whether his daughters want to acknowledge you as a brother or not. Oh, no. That, yeah, leave without that to question. Them, right? but, but, but I've always loved that and have appreciated that because what it said to me was he would never leave a young man mm-hmm. that he cares for, respects, and loves yes. with just anybody. Anybody, Right? Yeah. And so talk to us about Coach Beheim, and then talk to us about Coach Beheim. maybe one or two things that you're like, hey, man, when I was with him, when I was under his umbrella of mm-hmm. mentorship yes. and experience, man, these are things I took into the league 
Yes. And things that I kind of still live by today. It's, it's so crazy that you say that because, like, I always challenge Coach. Like, every time he used to be like, you know what, you just – he used to call my mother and ask her, like, why every time I ask Derek something, he asks me why? Well, you do. You, you do. You do have a tendency to challenge everything because we asked you to wear headphones and you were like, nah, nah me nah. first. Yeah, like <laughs> – be first, like, Manny. No, no headphones. No, no for headphones what? today. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? <laughs> I can. I can, I can hear you hear very clearly. Well. Yeah. <laughs> and I got grandmama hearing anyway, so yeah, we we, we don't need uh, the headphones. But coach was um again uh, a challenge. I always challenged him, like always ask him why all the time. Just yeah. to mess with him though. Yeah. You know, and one of the biggest things I would say that I learned from him more than anything just off the conversations that we used to have. And again, you're a kid. And I think people yeah. don't really understand that. You know, I'm 17, 18, 19. I'm still a kid, you 100%. know. But 100%. And I tell him this every time that I, I see him. I was just in Syracuse last weekend. I said, Coach, I learned so much from you when I'm away from you. Huh. Say more about that. Because as a kid, he's telling me, he's he's giving me all this insight to life, to the game of basketball. And, you know, again, as a kid, we think we know it all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But when I'm away from him and I'm running that back through my head as I'm still growing as a young man, I'm thinking about all the insight and stuff that he was giving me. And I'm like, damn, coach was right. Yeah. You know? So the more that I'm away from around him, it's the more I miss him, the more I understand. Like wisdom really helps us understand life, situations, how to deal with stuff. So every opportunity that I get, I try to share those moments with him and not just with him, even just with Syracuse in general, the team, the kids there. You know, it's just like, hey, man. This is a once in a lifetime. There's no way I could have went to any other school and turned down playing in front of 32,000 people every night. That was just amazing to me as a kid to go into the Carrier Dome. I'm going there for basketball camp. Yeah. But when I first go up there for a really like Syracuse Georgetown game and I just walk into Man, that I'm Carrier Dome. That. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, it's 32, 33,000 people in here for a basketball game. I couldn't turn that down. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. What do you think, when you look back, what do you think is the most significant thing that you took from Coach Beheim going into the league? The most significant thing I would say I took away from him uh, is more probably his competitive nature. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, because he's coach has always been a competitive. Um, I remember going to his house all the time. We used to shoot pool. Like, he never wanted to lose. Yeah. In, in, in anything. Yeah. And it reminds me when we had the NCAA violation, you know, and they took his games away. And that's probably why he's still coaching now. Yeah. You know, coach just turned 77 the other yeah. day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Still grinding, man. Yeah, he's still grinding. Like chopping wood. But his, his competitive yeah. nature of, yeah. of wanting to win, you know, on the basketball court and, and in life. I think that's the most important thing that I've always, you know, loved him about his passion just to, you know, to win, to be competitive. What, why do you why do you think um, societally speaking and I'm mm-hmm. not trying to get like super deep, but yeah. I mean, I'm just like I'm I'm always caught off guard by people who tend to believe 
that we should recognize any and all efforts as if they are all deserving of a trophy. <laughs> and, and so I'm like, well, it defeats the purpose of Thank you. the emotional Thank you. the emotional equity in 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 value and yeah. impact yes. it has in recognizing the best of the best. Yes. Not because they're the most talented, but how many times how many times in our lives, right, in a very mediocre Division three college football career on my end, yes. and here's a guy who played in the NBA at the highest of levels mm-hmm. um, representing our country, but how many times have, have we found ourselves in situations where, you know, people feel that they've been discounted or, or not recognized, even though you're kind of like, yeah. dude, you just kind of suck. Your attitude sucks. Your effort sucks. Your yes. preparation so sucks. We lost. And, and yes, and yet here you are yes. challenging mm-hmm. the environment or the culture you're in. When, what do you think that's doing? I mean, I got to I got to think. It's this. ruining us, society as a whole. The main thing with me is when do we become so passive about everything? Yes. When when do you start getting uh, a participation trophy just for participating no so you're you're preparing our kids for failure when they step outside of these sports arenas and really step into the real world yes because nobody cares about you once you step outside those doors and I try to explain that to kids all the time like even with with my team um team Michigan I brought team Michigan back our um Started in 1979, Rocky Watkins created okay. Team Michigan. Uh, Magic them was actually yeah. their first team. Okay. Right. And Rocky's 80-something years old right now. He's having some health issues with, you know, Alzheimer's and stuff like that. And I just explained to him, I said, hey, man, I am not going to let your legacy die. With all the people you've touched in your life through the game, through the game of basketball, mm-hmm. I just can't sit back and let that just fade away and people mm-hmm. forget about who you are and what mm-hmm. you represent mm-hmm. and what you've done for all of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, I want to be the legacy holder for Team Michigan. Mm-hmm. So I started taking my kids to uh, junior NBA at 12 and 13 years old mm-hmm. playing, but I want to be Team Michigan. Yeah. But again, when we're playing, practicing, preparing to go play in these tournaments and all that. Like you said, you know, it's like I'd never accept a second place trophy. I'm like, no, you're not going to give my kids a second, a participation yeah. trophy. Yeah. You're not going to give them an awards. Yeah. So even with what I do in the summertime with kids with DC Elite, no. It's a championship trophy and that's yeah. it because you know what? You lost. We got to go get in the gym. We got to go get better because you know what? We're going to see those guys again. So we got to go get better prepared. Well, and I think it says a lot. Um, I think it says a lot when we do not consider the long-term consequences of giving people a false sense of security that second or failing or not, or most importantly, just not giving our best. Yeah is acceptable yeah right and so that's where it you know 
I, I just firmly believe we have an obligation to expect the best from our yes. people, including mm-hmm. our children. And the earlier we can communicate that in a healthy and safe way, the better. the better for them, right? Yes, the better. So for talk them. to me about talk to us about DC Elite. You know, I followed you for the last couple of years since we moved to the great state of Michigan. I mean, it's incredible. You know, I, I brought Ava and Atlas yes. uh, to the playoffs this year. Yes. And 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 Atlas is like, Dad, he's like 14 and he's dunking. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, he was just like, what? He's like, Dad, I'm 11. Am I going to dunk when I'm 14? I'm like, I don't know, buddy. You got to do a lot of plyometrics and box jumps. I'm like, you're going to be dunking at 14. But talk to me about DC Elite. Like, I think about just your entrepreneurialism, your 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 your, your philanthropic yes. heart and being, mm-hmm. and just being a community activist. I see I see DC Elite as a nice blend of the three. Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, I created it because I just seen the decline in sports here in Michigan. Yeah, too many trophies. To, there you go. We back to that. Too many yeah, trophies. Yeah. Right. So I, I saw that, and I'm like, hey, um, I got to do something. You know, um, and I was thinking about, you know, always, again, basketball is my life. And it's the biggest way I know to make the impact that I want to make, especially with the next generation, is through basketball. Yeah, tell folks exactly yeah. what DC Elite is, though, yeah. just for those who might be listening the first time. Well, well DC Elite really is not, and, and our, our quote is, is bigger than basketball. So I started DC Elite because I saw the decline in sports and I wanted to create uh, a league because I felt that our kids weren't playing enough. You know, we all grew up playing the Saints. Saint Cecilia is legendary here yes. in Detroit. Everybody yes. who've ever touched a basketball has played at Saint Cecilia. And again, when you talk about our kids, Saint Cecilia, hey man, it's a hot box. Mm-hmm. No air conditioner. One mm-hmm. court, you know, the wall is right there. You get ran into the wall or whatever mm-hmm. have you. But I reached out to Sam Washington Jr., who runs the league, and I said, Hey man, I'm thinking about creating this summer league. I don't want to interfere with what you're doing at Saint Cecilia. I said, I want to create this league Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and kids still had the opportunity Saturdays and Sundays to play at St. Cecilia. Mm -hmm. So instead of playing twice, you're playing five times a week. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I wanted to create, because I just, when I got back home, I'm like, hey, I don't see us playing enough. So we're not getting better. You know, we're not getting the exposure that we need to get. When I graduated high school, it was 40 of us, just from the city of Detroit, not including Flint. Mm-hmm. Saginaw, Port Huron, mm-hmm. Benton Harbor, you know. And when I created it, again, I used the platform with DC Elite is really the opportunity to create exposure. So through DC Elite, yeah, we play tournaments and summer leagues and stuff like that. But we also engage in food drives. We have a repack at Forgotten Harvest where we have all the kids. Oh, yeah, come in, yeah, pack the food. You know, for families in need yep. during, during the holidays. So you're teaching kids about community service and giving back and helping. You know, so we just use the platform as basketball. Like I just told you, we just went to the mentoring uh, situation with Dave uh, the other day. But a lot of those kids, so we take them to basketball games. So we just try to create exposure through that. And not just showing them the game of basketball. Yeah. 
We want to show you the back of the house, just like what we're sitting here doing right now. Yeah, talk about yeah. that because that's the one thing. Like when 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 I came to a couple of those games, and I'm watching you and the other, even the other coaches interact mm-hmm. with the young men and the women. I'm like. You know, man, there's so much more than yes. just basketball happening here, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, we think, you know, people will say, hey, like, you know, life is sport, sport is life. Yeah. It is. Yes. It so is. Sh- share with us what uh, for folks who know of DC Elite or hearing mm-hmm. about it for the first time, but really, really want to find a place for their children yes. to learn the sport of basketball and about leadership, yeah. servant leadership in life. Talk to us about a couple of those other things that, that children are taking away yeah. by participating in DC Elite. Well, I mean, again, they're taking away the desire really to learn about giving back and helping each other. The biggest thing I would say, though, Manny, what you're taking away from it, right, is relationships. Being a great teammate, right? Being a great teammate. I've heard you say it before. Be a great teammate. But think about being a great teammate, but with you're in a gym with 60 teams. So it's just like I said earlier with me, Terry Mills, and Anthony Pendleton. We're going to know each other all our life through basketball. So DC Elite really is, hey, basketball is the draw. But education is the key. So with you being there, you saw we had guys set up with their own podcast. And these are all guys that are from the city of Detroit that have played here and everything. Right. But teaching kids about this side of the game of basketball. So when we go to the games and stuff. It's not just about going to the games and watching the game of basketball. Yeah. Let me show you guys these opportunities. The back of the house. But well, these are the money makers. Y'all yeah. think these guys are making yeah, money? Stuff after. Yeah, it's that. Yeah. But again, what it does, man, is it create exposure. And that's what sports are. We, we use the sport to create exposure for our kids because, yeah, I love to play basketball. But there's so much other stuff that I'm interested in in life. And you know what? Yeah. What is that? And what can I do to help you fulfill your dreams and your goal through basketball? Yeah. That's what DCLE is about. Yeah, I mean, I, I I love what you're saying because what what you remind me of is that the the sport is the conduit yes. to the life you want, right? Yes. And it, it, it and and the sport the sport so playing basketball at a high level mm-hmm. that could be the foundation or the freight yes. train to your quality of life for five, ten, fifteen years. However. But at the end of that, at the end of that run, there's got to be more. Yes, and so you've got to have. Uh, absorb some skill sets, develop some competencies, yeah. build your mind because yes. the war is one in the mind. We exactly. talk about that all the time, all right? The time. Mental yes. is the physical, as far as the one, the war is one it's in the, the mind. Toughest. So you got to build those up so that you can sustain and endure a life after sports, yes. which you've done. Yes. And so I want to talk about that now for a minute, right? Oh, yeah. Because I think it's, uh, it's only appropriate that we discuss. Uh, the many different ways that you're pouring water into the well. Mm-hmm. You're being a fountain in the great city of Detroit, yes. a place that I've grown to love very quickly and, you know, means a lot to my family and I. Some um, in the water. Man, I mean, <laughs> you know, um, you, you're doing a number of different things. I see you uh, showing up in a lot of public pace, places. I see you showing up and supporting a lot of philanthropic causes i know how charitable and philanthropic you and gina and your two beautiful children are um 
tell me what is the thing that right now outside of DC Elite and how aggressively that is growing. Mm -hmm. Tell me about something else that you're super just passionate and excited about right wow. now. I mean, so many different different uh, avenues, you know, for me to be passionate about. Um, I would say development, you know, yeah. in, in, in my neighborhood and in my community, which is 12th Street, Rosa Parks, in that area, really helping develop my community. I started developing it back in um, 06, 07. Yeah, and that's, and that's and when you, you had just come back. I had just come you know, back fi home. Finishing your career, but yes. you got to finish it in Detroit. Yes, just come home. Uh, I had owned a restaurant downtown at the time, Sweet George Browns. Had Sweet just George built, Browns. Yeah, had just built this strip center in my neighborhood because as a kid growing up, I saw that, you know, the business and the opportunity. Like I say, I come from an entrepreneur spirit. And up and running everything, and boom, the recession hits. Yeah. Yeah, you tough know, time for everybody. Tough time for everybody. Yeah. But see, again, through sports, yeah. it still makes us stronger. Yeah. Regardless of fact, I'm not going to cry about spilled milk. I'm going to go mm -hmm. get another glass. Yeah. You know, so I see the resurgence of not just Detroit. I see the resurgence of our communities and our neighborhoods. And I just feel for us to be a whole city again. It starts in our communities, in our neighborhoods, yeah. and rebuilding those communities and neighborhoods. So I've been in my neighborhood looking at properties and stuff like that to really reinvent what I'd done before on 12th Street, on Rosa Parks, mm -hmm. right where actually the riots started mm -hmm. in 67. I grew up mm -hmm. two blocks you know, mm -hmm. from there. So that's my passion always. Uh, being an entrepreneur, looking for all these different entities to really dabble into. Um, got my license at Syracuse University to do college apparel and stuff because of the all of this um, name, image, and likeness stuff. Yeah. So when I went back to Syracuse, I'm like, hey, I want to control that. Yeah, I want to control you. not just for myself, but for all my teammates, yeah. all my alumni, you know, because you guys have been selling my jersey in these stores since I've been there. You still selling it? Oh yeah, I got one. Yeah, I will put that one up, but I got. Yeah. I, I have one. <laughs> so, so again, the licensing and everything through the university. That's what myself, Sherman Douglas, John Wallace, Lawrence Moulton, Ronnie Cycli, all these guys that have graduated from Syracuse, we're looking at creating our own licensing agreement through the university to market and sell and promote us. Yeah, see, you know what? The, the, I mean, there's a there's a there's a, a a super nugget gem diamond in what you just said, right? Mm. And I think uh, most people, most of us, would miss it if we weren't just intimately obsessed about language. Mm. But you just said we're doing it through the university. Yes, and see. That's inclusion. Oh, without question. That's, that's collaboration. Yes. That's partnership. Mm -hmm. That's a skill set. That that's talking about, you know, we talked about it. That that's that's about being a great teammate. Yes. That's about having a mindset of abundance. You know, not that scarcity shit that right. everybody's buying into today. Right. Where everybody's like, oh, you know, oh man, I, you know, woe is me. I missed that because somebody else and blah, 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 no. blah, blah, and all that jibber jabber. But you are doing this with your guys yes. in collaboration with, with the, the university. university. And man, well, well, I mean, what's right it. is right. Yeah. Well, well, think about this. Um, 
without Syracuse University, you know, being able to Thank create you. that opportunity Thank you. for us. It's no way I would have went to college, and I'm sure Thank all you. the people that you've talked about on your podcast all these years, especially sports guys, yeah. without me playing sports, yeah, using that basketball as a tool to get the opportunity to go to college. Yeah. You know, I come from a single parent home. You know, yeah. my mom couldn't send me couldn't send me to school. So that basketball, again, going back to the sports side of it, but using that to get opportunity to go to a place like Syracuse. And I say it all the time. Really, it's the best four years of my life to this day. I've never had so much fun yeah. and met so many people that I network with even to this day yeah. at Syracuse University. Well, and you know, you know, I've hung out a bunch of times, and you know, I, I mean, again, it's it's always like a, a blessing and a privilege to do that stuff. But I mean, I mean, we we went to Florida together I'm this orange. summer, right? <laughs> we went to Florida together this summer, and it's like we couldn't have like ten minutes of conversation without somebody being like, "Oh, I went to Syracuse. Yes. My dad went to Syracuse. Right. My cousin went to Syracuse. Yes. Hey, my wife's from Syracuse." Yes. And everybody, you know, everybody wants to bring that up, and and then. It's in those moments, mm -hmm. DC, that I think many of us become intimately connected to the significance yes. of what Mr. Bing did for you. Oh, without about without what question. Coach Beheim did for without you. Without question, about was, just Syracuse. Yes, about the right? the city. Yeah, the city of Syracuse. Yeah. See, what people don't understand, you know, Syracuse sits up on this hill, but. When you roll off that campus, you come out the city of Syracuse, and it's majority African American. Yeah. You you never see that. People don't even know that, you know. So right. we spend a lot of time in the city of Syracuse, not just being confined, you know, to campus. As coaches be like, yeah. hey, I heard you guys was down on the south side of Syracuse. I said, yeah, coach, it's good trouble down there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that you know, I mean, look, I mean. <laughs> Chad, I don't know what you're going to do with the video, but I mean, at some point, Syracuse probably should get this as a commercial for going to Syracuse because, <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm but not. Uh, it's I, just the love, man. I'm sure, I'm I mean, sure they have good marketing going yeah, on, but I'm not but sure it's this good. It's just the love, man. It really, like I said, I was just there. Uh, Felicia Leggett, Jack, a, a young lady who played girls basketball. Okay, just yeah, had yeah. a jersey retired there over this past weekend, That's awesome. and again, she's the first. Yeah. So I told yeah, her the same gotta, thing. Be her, first. We got to get her in a chair. Be first. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Great. She's a, she's a head girls coach right now at, at uh, University of Buffalo. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And even when through my girls teams, again, DC Elite, right? Yeah. So I'm like, hey, Felicia, you need to come and see this young lady right here. She can play. She's going to be a player. Hey, we got to yeah. connect. We got to connect Coach Felicia with with my boy, Joey DeLeo. He yeah. runs the state of New York. Oh, Incredible man. Guy. Exactly. Yeah. So oh, that's awesome. I was just there for four days, man. Myself, Sherman Douglas, John Wallace, Lawrence Moulton, Wendell Alexis, Sonny Sparrow, and 50 of her girl teammates. 50. Showed up. Oh, my God. And, I mean, we just had a yeah. great time, man. <clears throat> it's just a great time. Every time I go to Syracuse, it's like yeah, home. You know? Yeah. Hey, only only because I know we're running out of time, and I wanted to hit on two more nuggets yes, right while yeah. we're together. Um, one, um, one thing I have thoroughly enjoyed, I have thoroughly enjoyed in our couple years together, is that 
Um, when I listen to you and uh, your incredible wife, Gina, um, speak about your children uh. and speak about <laughs> when DC Jr. played played football at Wayne State, you know, yes. was a stud coming out of Detroit Country Day. Yes. You know, I love that school. My children yes. are there now. Our boy, Benny yeah. Fowler. Right. We're going to yeah. be with him tonight. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm just like, man, I just, it was such a dream when I moved to Michigan to have my children go to Detroit Country Country Day. And it's such a blessing that they're there today. And I yeah. know they're following behind guys like DC Jr., your mm-hmm. son, Benny Fowler, yes. and other people. I was thinking about how so many parents are inappropriate on the sidelines <laughs> or in the stands. And I was like, man, I'm like, hey, uh, maybe there's like a an apprenticeship or a refining school or program that you could go through because I sucked as a Division three middle linebacker, um, but I'm not angry about it. Right. And I'm definitely not uh, hollering at my child, your child, or the referees. Yes, yes. And so, hey, I mean, you know, just just give us, give us, I mean, give us like a minute of golden nugget advice on parental (laughs) etiquette. If you are in the stands or on the sidelines and you don't have a jersey or a zebra striped outfit on, here is what you need to get down with. Just just be quiet and enjoy the game. So it's crazy you say that, Mandy, because a lot of times – where you see me at those events. And even when I came to see your son well, you don't play. Yeah, game. But but you saw me though. <laughs> I'm always standoffish. I am always standoffish. Yeah, yeah Gino by was, myself. Gino's like he'll he'll never sit in the stands. No, no, <laughs> never. Because I learned that early early on. Because again, I'm hearing yeah. all this stuff from the parents. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's football. It's basketball. Yeah. The, it's here for the kids' enjoyment. No coach. Okay, is ever going to sit a child on the bench if he can play? No coach, no doubt. Even in business, yeah. If you're no good in coach. business, yeah, you're going to be in the room, yeah. right? And again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with 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 parents. It's it's no proper etiquette. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's like, hey, you know what? Just stay home. Man, drop your child off. You. Drop your child off. Let the coach do their job. Let the officials so, officiate and then pick them up. So just what you said. <laughs> it goes back to the trust factor. Yeah. You well, know? Yes. It goes back to the trust factor. Speak on that. Yes. So with with, with kids, right? I grew up. And I know the errors are, are different now, but I grew up, just what you said earlier, all I did was get dropped off, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. I might have had a dollar, two dollars, but hey, Maybe. one of my other teammates had a dollar. Maybe. We put our money together, no and I'm going, I'm going to Kalamazoo, I'm going to Grand yeah. Rapids, I'm going to Pontiac, Saginaw, whatever, going to play basketball. Yeah, I get dropped back off at mm-hmm. home. And I walk in the house, you can tell whether we won the games or not. Yeah, no doubt. By my face, throw my book back down, go straight to the bedroom. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to talk to anybody right now. You know, I come in and talk about the game. Yeah. But I just think our parents get overwhelmed, you know, about their kids. And a lot of them are trying to live through their children. Yeah. Playing sports. 
You can't do that. It's so sad, Manny, when I'm sitting there. And you know me. I got headphones in my ear. I ain't listening to nothing. I ain't talking to nobody. I just put yeah. them in my ear for, I don't want to deal with you guys because yeah. they always run straight up to me. D, what's up? Hey, Derek, how you doing? Uh, hey, man, you think he got a shot? A shot at what? Yeah. How old is he? Oh, he's eight. Yeah, he got a shot at being nine years old. Yeah, yeah. that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he got a shot yeah. at being nine. Yeah. Is he Leave the kid alone. <laughs> right. Leave the kid alone. Uh, Let him enjoy uh, the sport. Why are you guys putting so much pressure yes. on a child? And I explain this to parents all the time. If you wasn't an athlete growing up, what makes you think your child is going to be an athlete growing up? I think, you know, I, I love that you say that, you know, and I uh, because there's so much validity to that. You know, we often speak to in business and in life, yes. the greatest predictor of the next year, five years, 20 years is the last year, five years, 20 years. Right. So we're going to take a quick look in the rearview mirror mm -hmm. and say, here's what we might expect going forward. Yes. Based on mindset, behavior, habits that we've seen. Right. Right. So. Yes. When the parents don't necessarily <laughs> have the last year, five years, 20 years of physical yes. performance and domination, uh, we might want to like loosen up a little bit on the child, but right? But what are you teaching them, though, Manny? If, if I'm being this way with my kids just playing sports, then you know what? He's going to depend on me. For the rest of his life. Yes. Yeah. So you're really hindering him and what he's doing. You're giving him that crutch. Yeah. Something to lean on. Yeah. So even when uh, with Team Michigan, when I'm coaching my kids, right, I don't let parents in the gym. Yeah, I love that. No. You brought that up to me yes. before. I, I absolutely I don't let, love I don't that. Let them, just what absolutely you just said. That. Drop them off. Yeah. This is what time will be done. You can pick them up. Yeah, right. you gotta trust that I'm. I yeah. take my job seriously. Exactly, my track record speaks for itself. Right. Let me do my job. And a lot of things too, Manny. What I want to say, it's only for young man's ears. Yeah. Because for me, it's always big. Again, it's bigger than basketball, yeah. right? 100%. So yeah, we're we're playing basketball, talking basketball, whatever. But I'm gonna ask you about life. Yeah. And a lot of that, you know what I'm saying? I just want to have young men grown man conversations I don't want your mom there I don't want I don't even want your dad there I want to just talk to y'all because what they don't understand too in sports yeah. that we'll open up to our coaches before we really open up to our parents we'll share more with coaches than we do with our own parents yeah so no I don't, I don't want you to come in the, in the gym I want to have real conversations with my kids because they know they can pick up their phone or whatever and call me and ask me anything yep and they know D coming. He's going to make it happen for me. You and I, you and I have been in discussions about the significance of helping young men and women have a good relationship with money. Yes. Right? We've mm -hmm. had that discussion for years. We we both agree that there's a responsibility we have in society to not 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 just not just help 
folks with you know the, their faith and and their gratitude for the freedom in the country right. and their yes. unflinching loyalty to their family but hey a big part of the experience you will have in your life will be dictated by your ability to be financially secure stable and successful yes so how do we create that? Yeah, we talked about you know? what we're building with Podium. Yes. And you've been a huge advocate. I'm super thankful for that. Uh, you've done so much in the space of financial literacy and trying to support the next generation of adults in well, this community. Share a little bit about that before we wrap up for the day. Man, it's understanding. And Say it's more like about I, that. It's like I said before, wisdom helps us understand. Right. Yeah. Because, again, being successful in life, um, starting from humble beginnings and getting the opportunity to be successful in, in the sport of basketball, in business and everything. But not having that team around you who understands that. Again, you're talking about kids. Mm -hmm. When um when I'm drafted, I think I'm 21. Mm hmm. Number, no, one overall, number one draft pick, number one overall, yeah, right. Draft pick. You saw I didn't even lead with that shit. You yeah, saw that I didn't even right, bring that up. Right, I'm like, hey, I mean, if you on. don't know, then you don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's all love. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's bigger than that. Yeah, if yeah. you don't know, you can put ketchup on a hot dog. That's right, your problem, right? But being able to change your family's lives, and I think that's what people really don't understand when they look at at athletes. It's not really ab about us. It's about watching. My family struggles all yeah. my life, and I can change that. But it's understanding the financial side of it mm -hmm. is what kids mm -hmm. struggle with. So in order for us to be able to make the impact with Podium and what we talk about all the time, I said, Manny, we had to start at a younger age. Mm -hmm. and, and we're talking about our kids. See, we have to put real money in their hands. We can't just keep doing it pencil and paper and, and showing them that. Mm -hmm. We got to put real money in their hands because you know what, Manny? They're going to mess it up mm -hmm. because you don't know. How am I to know anything if my parents don't know? My and family they need is that blue. Experience, yeah, right? my family blue collar. Yeah, they need that you know experience. My, my uncle worked at Ford, supervisor at Ford his whole life. Yeah. Provided for 14 of us. Yeah. Two family flat. Right? God bless but what? Him. But what can my uncle or anybody in my family tell me about right out the back, $3 million? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, again, going through the trials and tribulations in life, it would be less than me to come back and share my experiences with these kids that I'm not doing my job. Like, hey, this is what we need to do. But we have to start at a younger age with those kids and getting them to understand the importance of money, the importance of credit, yeah. the importance of uh, relationships. You know, the need is so great. I just feel that we have to start at a middle school level. It's just like yeah. basketball. Hey, I love what we do at the high school level with DC Elite. Mm -hmm. But in order for me to change and teach kids how to play the game the right way, I got to start at elementary and middle school. Yeah. And when do we get away from that? Sure. Because if we look at our ancestors, 
that they started with kids doing everything at a young age. And again, as parents, we get so passive with it, like, oh, leave him alone. He he ain't ready for that. No, he is ready for it. Yeah, because studies right. even show that's the right. best time for kids to learn anything that's right. is at a younger age. That's right. Memory muscle. Yes. And that, you know, and that and that's such a bigger conversation and and we're going to have to agree that we're gonna come back and do a two point oh. Oh yes, definitely. Where where you're where you're ending that comment right now, it takes me right to a lot of really deep and painful discussions around race. Yes. And the difference between equality and equity. So and 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 yeah, the, the, I don't mean the, to, I don't mean to cut you off. Shitty yeah. reality yes. that shitty expectations have on our children yes. and the future of this country, right? Yes, yeah. Say and, what you're going to say. Well, I was just going to say, you know, you always hear the term um, "lift yourself up by your bootstraps." Yeah, but what if I don't have boots, Maddie? Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So how can I lift myself up? Yeah. If you've taken away all the tools in life for me to try to gain access to be successful, and I look at it like you know what? With all the things that we've been through in our lifetime, right? All the struggles, all the roadblocks, and still we rise. We're still here, Manny. We're still here mm-hmm. representing. For our race, mm-hmm. we're still here helping, giving mm-hmm. back, motivating, mm-hmm. teaching, learning, because you know what? We're just a vessel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So eventually, you know what I'm saying? That vessel is going to cruise out of sight. You're not going to see it anymore. Yeah. But what do we leave? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's everything. That's everything. The, the, yeah, what do we leave? The footprints, the, the stuff footprint, in cement, yes, the legacy. To get them to understand that. Mm-hmm. Hey, man. Ain't about me no more. I don't mm-hmm. care nothing about basketball, mm-hmm. Manny. You know what I'm saying? When when you come to summer league or whatever, I've been doing it 18 years now, right? Mm-hmm. And I never tell them kids who I am because I don't care. It's not about Derek Coleman mm-hmm. at all. But it gives me a chance for two and a half, three months, right, to individually meet and talk with every kid in that gym. Mm-hmm. And by the time that's over with, I'm not concerned that you know me or not because whoever brought you to this gym, they like, hey. They know. Do y'all know who that is y'all yeah. talking to? Yeah, they know. Oh, that's just DC. No, nah, that's mm-hmm. not just DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hit YouTube or Google him. Mm-hmm. Like, no, he's it. Mm-hmm. But again, it's breaking the barriers down mm-hmm. with the kids through basketball. Mm-hmm. So they're going to open up and have conversations with me. What they do, they run over there to me like, Dang, D, uh, you dunked on Shaq. Nah, Derek dunked on a lot of people. <laughs> Shaq was just one of them, you know. Mm-hmm. But it breaks the barrier down through basketball to have open conversations, relationships mm-hmm. with those kids. That's what it's about. Let me, um, and thanks for sharing that. Let me take yes. a second to try to summarize. You know, one, you know, here we were today with uh, just somebody who I um, hold in, in such high regard and uh, you know we're 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 talking about a young man from uh, Mobile, Alabama, 
the uh, Bay to, de- to, to, to Detroit, yes. to Syracuse, yes. to Jersey. Uh, to Jersey, to Charlotte, yeah, to Philly, to Philly, and then back and to then Detroit, back yeah. and uh, and home again. And we're talking about a guy who's philanthropic, involved in the community, being a fountain, not a drain in humanity, especially in the great city of Detroit, the state of Michigan, the Great Lakes, the Midwest, um, DC elite, uh, easily the the most competitive and exciting dynamic summer league experience that uh our children and i have experienced since i got to the great state of michigan dc congrats on that man especially and and i know it's not just you i know it's the coaches i know it's the families it's the advocates that you have And, and manny let me just say this too also um beaumont yeah, Boma. Oh gosh, yeah, we forgot. God, I can't forget, forget. forget about can't, it. In the middle of yeah, a pandemic, they stepped up Beaumont. big time. Yes. So I de- definitely want to tip my hat yeah, to the executives at Boma yes. and in 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 the physicians who, who right. advocated Salute to step to up and provide yeah, a staff. safe environment for the families and the children to Everybody. play this past summer. Yes. So so hats off to Boma, but DC so much more than all that, right? Yes. So much more than all that. Um, you're writing. Another incredible chapter, man. I'm so oh, happy yeah. to have you as a friend and an advocate to the firm no, I, and obviously to Podium. I love it, man. I mean, yeah. like I said, our journey together for these past two, three years has been great. And we've always sat and had these conversations. It's just the first time we've actually sat in front of the mic. Yeah, every time right, we the de- first. The first. The oh, first. Be first. Just, uh, just said we be all first. heard it. Be first. <laughs> number, one, number one pick in the 1990 be NBA first. draft. Be Derek first. Coleman Sr., dude, you were really treat and um yeah appreciate your friendship man, thank brother. you man All salute right. we're gonna do it again yes sir okay look forward to it